Book Review, and today we are going to be bringing you a book review called The Three-Body Problem. It is a book that was translated from Mandarin into English, and whose author name I will no doubt butcher, as I do multiple times in the book review. So, you can look it up on Goodreads or anywhere. It is a massive hit. Uh, Once again, Three-Body Problem. Today, we are going to have... Our very first four-person interview, uh, Chris and Barry, who have been on before, and Eric, who this will be his first episode. He was the one that recommended the book, so I hope you enjoy it. Real quick, we're going to do the usual spiel of all the places you can find me. I am at Nerdbook Review as the Facebook page. We are at Nerdbook Review on Twitter. NerdbookReview at gmail.com if you would like to email us. And Goodreads Nerdbook Review is the name. All right, let's get right to the book review. Hope you guys enjoy it, and Happy New Year. Hi, everybody. Tonight, we have a special treat for you. Not only do I have my lovely voice, we have Chris. Hello. Hello, Barry. How are you doing today? <laughs> and a special guest, Eric. Good evening. Good evening. Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, why we invited you to this mess. My name is Eric and I have the uh, the privilege of being the recommender of this book today. I, I went to college with Cameron. And this is a book that I really enjoyed and I recommended him he read and some other friends read and three years later they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, he you, also you went to college with Barry and I too. Yeah. Well, I don't know if, if that matters, right? <laughs> well, Nobody's I mean... listening to, to Hazen and Barry, Chris and Hazen's book review. Yeah. <laughs> they want to know how I know Cameron. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Yeah. So, uh, the four of us were, uh, all in the fraternity together. We made lots of poor decisions and somehow we've all managed to at least, uh, pull ourselves out of, uh, into something resembling, uh, mostly mean, decent human beings. Mostly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a really nice guy, you know, <laughs> you know, what I, that's what I tell my wife when she says that wasn't very nice. And I tell her, well, I did it, didn't I? And I'm a really nice guy. So was it mean <laughs> by that force of logic? It wasn't <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Really so, nice uh, guy, Barry. yeah, we are here to do a book review. And it is the three body problem by Who's gonna Chi Chin Lu. That's my guess. Eric, what's your guess? Liu Xian. Liu Xian. That sounds good. Okay, it was a, clearly a Chinese guy, and we clearly are culturally insensitive and don't quite have it. If we want to be phonetic about it, it's kicks in Liu for any idiotic people who just look at letters and sound them out like you're learning English for the first time. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to go ahead and give you the uh, book stats real quick, and then we're going to have Eric read us the uh, Goodreads blurb. So, it is 400 pages long, and it is the first book in the Remembrance of Earth's Past trilogy. It was written in Mandarin by Lu Shishin, Sixin, however we decided we are going to say it. Lu Shishin. Lu Shishin. And translated to English. It won the Hugo for Science Fiction in 2015 and was nominated for both the Locus and Nebula. The other two books in the series are out. Eric, could you go ahead and read us the book cover? According to Goodreads, the three-body problem is the first chance for English-speaking readers to experience this multiple award-winning phenomenon from China's most beloved science fiction author, Lui Shishin. Set against the backdrop of China's cultural revolution, a secret military project sends signals into space to establish contact with aliens. An alien civilization on the brink of destruction captures the signal and plans to invade Earth. Meanwhile, on Earth, different camps start forming, planning to either welcome the superior beings and help them take over a world seen as corrupt, or to fight against the invasion. The result is a science fiction masterpiece of enormous scope and vision. Yeah, and since 
the uh, blurb gives away literally the entire story. I We're just not going to worry about spoilers for this one. Because they include it right off the bat, so we're not going to worry about it for here. That blurb is basically the last chapter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't find that out until the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's in the blurb. I mean, so there we are. Anywho, okay, let's look real quick. Uh, I always do my take. A woman scarred by the Cultural Revolution sells out humanity. You basically can't get any more succinct than that. I like that take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First off, I listened to the book on audiobook. I'm going to say that that was a tough one for me. As someone who took a grand total of two science classes in college, neither of which was physics, uh, I barely had a good enough grasp on the technical aspects of things like i just kind of i i understood what they were talking about just not the specifics of it and that i mean because of this is really hard sci-fi there's a lot of math and physics um obviously theoretical math and physics as well we're talking about alien invasions but it's it's really really dense in that aspect and it goes into detail to describe it as opposed to some of the softer sci-fi where, oh, yeah. you know, the magic just exists to let you do things. Now, if we want to get into some debate on what's hard science fiction, what's soft science fiction, this is about as hard science fiction as it oh, gets. Yeah. It's as pure, like, technically, a very technically sound book. Very tightly spun plot in every aspect. Whether you like it or not, you can't deny that fact. It's a hard science book that's a fiction novel. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a physics lesson uh, disguised as a narrative. Oh yeah, it was was like really crazy. Especially if you're doing other stuff at the same time and trying to listen to the audiobook. I would just have to go back and re-listen to parts of it quite a bit. And it also didn't help with the uh, the names. It took me... I mean, I bet I was two-thirds of the way through the audiobook before I actually could remember one of the characters' names. And I think if I'd have read it, that would have been, like, easier. I mean, I knew who they were talking about, obviously, but... Just trying to think of it, because I, I read it, and trying to think of it as an audio, I think that that would be tough, because hearing it would be would be harder to recognize... Whereas, I mean, if you read enough fantasy, you just kind of get used to you as your, you know, as your eyes pass it, you just recognize a series of characters yeah. is this thing, this person. And so reading it was easier, I think, in character recognition. Yeah. It was nice as an English reader to have a key of characters in the beginning of the book. I referred back to that key more than many people would want to admit because I had a <laughs> difficult time keeping the characters straight at times. And yeah. I mean, I love the book, but you know, I, I am honestly thinking maybe he should have put a few more of the minor characters in there. That would have helped me even more to have maybe a longer I, key. I didn't refer to that a whole lot because as I was going through this, I didn't think that the characters mattered that much. I mean, I mean, maybe as far as like the the hard sci-fi aspect of it, it didn't really matter who it was. Yeah, that is a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, and I found that that was uh, kind of to me the biggest fault in the book is that I didn't care about the characters. Hmm. Yeah, uh, like the story is fantastic, but right. but as far as like I I wasn't emotionally attached to the characters, so I didn't need it to be uh, really clear what was happening with each one yeah well and one thing too just we always talk about this is that uh there are only two points of view and luckily so you'll have the well i guess there's a the prologue has a scientist um getting beaten to death during the beginnings of the cultural revolution which was really a crazy thing to think of because like one thing i always think of is that we don't have any experience like that at this stage in america because, I mean, we're even, I mean, the 1950s was the last of the real Red Scare, like, purge type things that would have happened. So we're obviously way too, you know, young for that. And even that was minorly compared to what oh, happened yeah. in China. But I'm just saying, like, that kind of level of hysteria that they dealt with in the Cultural Revolution. Like, we don't have anything even remotely like that in the Civil U.S. Civil rights movement? Well, maybe. Closest thing we have? Yeah, but even for us, like, the, yeah. the real... You know, people getting beaten and hosed down with water cannons. There's never been anything in America history that I can think of where 
you're truly trying to erase a point in history. And I don't want to get started on like liberals trying to get rid of all the uh, statues in the South. That's not the thing. We're not trying to erase that history. Read a book, people in the South. Come on, figure it out. Like in this Chinese revolution, they literally were trying to erase every piece of evidence of Western influence from the entire country. And if you had a violin, they wanted to get rid of that because that's evidence of Western civilization. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of them, um, we don't know this. They don't teach this in high school because it's not Hitler. That's the only uh, foreign <laughs> thing that they teach in high school now. <laughs> Hitler, like no other genocides happen. But this is crazy what happens in China. It's an incredibly crazy time in world history that gets overlooked by Stalin and Hitler and other events. Well, and I think that's one of the main points of the book. We talk about, you know, Cameron's take. This is a woman scarred by the Cultural Revolution selling out humanity. And I think ultimately what he's reflecting is a, a time like the, the Cultural Revolution in China, or we could talk about some other things, you know, you know the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia or yeah. the Holocaust. But when, and, and I think it's really a take on humanity itself. When you lose humanity and what it is to be human and i think that he parallels that with basically an alien invasion Mm -hmm. that we've lost our humanity and you know what does it even mean at this point we're we're done yeah because when she actually sells out humanity it's after she's basically been exiled to this place that she's not ever going to be able to leave she thinks because she's suspect through the cultural revolution they need her expertise but they don't trust her enough to think they can ever let her go. So she doesn't feel like she has any hope. What's her name? Yi Winchi, something like that. Yi Yi Wenji, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. how I said it in my head. I think yeah. that they. I think that the uh, audiobook guy pronounced it as basically yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So um, we that's the prologue. Is her father? She sees her father get beaten down, and then she gets you know has her issues with the Communist Party. And then the early parts of the book are her in this research station where they end up sending, or she ends up sending off this message. And the aliens actually tell, the person who actually gets the message says, don't respond because we're going to destroy you, basically. And she responds anyways because she thinks that, you know, because as Eric was talking about that, that uh, we've lost our humanity, so we need someone else to bring our humanity back to us. And then we get into the main uh, body of the, the story where a majority of the book will take place. That's with Wong, right? Professor Wong. Mm-hmm. And he's going to like basically think he goes crazy for a while because the aliens are messing with his mind. He's in a video game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spends a lot of time in a video game. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. That's the three-body problem, or at least the, the first part of what we deal with with three-body problem. Anyone want to talk about what, the, uh, what this video game is? Sure. So ultimately, it's a simulation <laughs> yeah. of the alien existence. Yeah. Um, they're called trisolarans because they come from a, a trinary, a, a three-star <laughs> solar system. Not you say another the binary. Yeah. In, in this fictional world, it just happens, not to interrupt, but just happens that this is the closest um, solar system to Earth. Right. It's... And it is a it's a three sun solar system that they're dealing with. Yep. Right. And <clears throat> right. And and then there's the classic three body problem physics principle where we have three you know, competing gravitational forces and the mm-hmm. complete chaos that results. So these aliens live in a, a chaotic and have evolved in a chaotic system where they have no stability in their essential temperature on their planet. Yeah. And it can scorch and then it can freeze. And so they've evolved a kind of way to flatten themselves out and to hydrate. <laughs> yeah. Dehydrate. It, yeah. Dehydrate. They, uh, a part of that, though, is that they have the, it's, it's a chaotic, uh, they have chaotic eras and stable eras in which uh, occasionally they will be uh, wrapped in by one of those gravitational forces and have kind of a, a, a stable night and day, stable uh, uh, weather pattern type of, type of situation, climate. Yeah. And during those times, they can progress and evolve and, and right. grow as a species. Some uh, civilizations last for, they can last hundreds of years. Or, I mean, it could be as little as 20 days, you know, where, or even shorter where, the, where they had mm-hmm. this period. And 
what Professor Wong ends up doing is trying to, he kind of keeps progressing and through this and trying to solve the, the problem. And the game has been created by some people who know about the Trisolarans. And they're kind of trying to use it as a recruiting tool to get people who they think are, are willing to... Sympathizers. To sympathizers, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so um, I think that's where like the cop came in, like was a cool uh, foil to be in there, that he's everyone thinks he's an idiot, all these physicists, but he's the only one that's got his, like, that's actually level-headed. And he's basically your uh, classic corrupt cop that... Mm-hmm. Uh, just beats people up, you know, and his his career didn't go forward in both the army or the police force because of his tactics. But he keeps people from going crazy. Chris, the thing you were talking about, like that, where you didn't really care about the characters as much because of of you know the hard science and the like that being what it was. But one thing, like when he was going crazy, but talking about how the science, like the Trisolarans were trying to uh, debunk science, though. Here, like it really made me sad and depressed just thinking about <laughs> the, <laughs> like the, how, stifle it, uh, not yeah. debunk it, well, but stifle, just to, but yeah, 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 and then get people to go into you know junk science and things like that. It made me a little bit depressed and sad just to think though, like, like that's how uh, you know we are a lot, uh, largely in the U.S. with a lot. There's a, there's a huge strand. I mean, I think it goes all the way back to Andrew Jackson, and he ran his presidential campaign on being the know nothing. Can't you know where that we're just the good old folk that and people when I was a kid would always say, Oh, you know what I like about George Bush Jr. is that I, I'd like to have a beer with him, you know. And you're like, Man, I don't necessarily know I want my president, I want him to be the smart guy, but like that's just it kind of made me a little bit depressed thinking about how that's how uh, just the world is, even without a alien conspiracy, you know. I don't know, just waxing poetic here. That's a good point, though. I mean, maybe that's part of how You're he's writing it. I mean, I think there's some, uh, there's probably some elements all over the world. I think that think that way that you know, people don't believe in science anymore, even though science is obviously real. That well, why should we? And that might be what Yah is thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, if science isn't real, then if people don't believe this, I mean, we have a society that. Upon all the technology we have, we end up in hysteria. Then, why should I support the human race anymore? Why don't we get bring a fixer in? Why don't we elect a candidate to shake things up? <laughs> <laughs> have it be the alien race. You, so you think this book written <laughs> ten years ago? It, it, I mean, it's echoing obviously some things maybe we're we're, we're seeing in our current political climate. <laughs> maybe it's but, prophetic, but you know, I don't think they had Trump in mind when they wrote no, this. There, I said the T no, word. No, probably. I mean, I'm not saying they did, but I'm just saying though that like you can see. I mean, that even in you know, even though this is a a science fiction book, that he has he understands a little bit of where you know what what people are thinking even in china i guess anti-intellectualism is something that yeah has been pervasive not i mean throughout history i mean you look at even what was it galileo and uh you know a a lot of the was it kepler that was burned at the stake i don't know galileo or copernicus 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 Copernicus. yeah is that one of the overall overarching themes then with the loss of humanity comes in the cultural revolution, the rejection of science or the stifling of science is makes us less human. Yeah, I, I think so. Or that we, the people just our curiosity is yeah. a part of yeah. what makes us human. And to, uh, yeah, and to to take what would be our how curiosity is what has developed our science as it is today mm-hmm. to to and go no place. Continue. Yeah, to to just stop that would be dehumanizing yeah this book kind of depressed me quite a bit in a way i mean i I thought it was really really good but like it really i think especially to like listening to it when i'm reading i have to get more focused and more into things whereas listening to it like i would be like half paying attention still and half thinking like man this could happen (laughs) i mean not even the yes Mm -hmm. well and and nobody else i've read or listened to the other Parts part mm-hmm. two and three, and nobody else has. Mm-mm. No, 
Met would you. you are you would you be interested in it? After yeah, I, I bought the second one. You did? I, it arrived yesterday. I'll probably <laughs> start very soon. interested. And it's I'm, my favorite. Yeah, number is two that is my favorite. One? Yes, Good. it's it's the empire of this the trilogy. Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, so this it's is a, called the Dark Forest. That's yeah. the second one. Yeah, and and I think that like that's one thing that is cool though that it. Like I, there, this is a a case where a lot of books like this would just be a, a one off with a lot of like science fiction people in the past that they would just leave you to think. And I'm glad as the reader that I am that it, there are the other two books. I'm I'm certainly going to read them. I don't think that I would have liked this book if that's where it it had ended. Mm-hmm. You need I mean, to know that it, there's yeah, more. Yeah, it really is a it's it's setting up for the the full story. Yeah. And if this, if it was a standalone book, I'd have been like, ah, oh, well, I don't know that I like the way that that. And I can tell you, I, I can. I'm not going to spoil books yeah. two and three, obviously, but he does take you to the end. Cool. There's, there's no. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there's no question about is this the end of the series or not. When you're done, you know yeah. you're done. Yep. All right. He wraps it up nice and tightly in three books. Then you're saying right. Hey, one thing, um, Chris, you had mentioned though. That you wondered whether, uh, like, having at least, like, a base knowledge of the physics, but not being an expert was a good thing or not? What did you think? Yeah, I, uh, after finishing it, I kind of wondered, like, would I have gotten more out of it if I understood some of the physics better? Or would I have gotten less out of it if I knew less? Uh, It, I, I just, I'm still not sure. My thought is that... I think this would be a hard book to read if you didn't have any knowledge at all about the Cultural Revolution or about physics. But I don't think that you need to be an expert. Because I mean, history, you, you need to know your history, yeah. too, to understand the Cultural Revolution. That's something that I, I think that would have really helped me was uh, I, I didn't know a whole lot about the Chinese Cultural Revolution. And since finishing the book, uh, I don't know, a week ago, like I, I looked it up and read the Wikipedia page. I found uh, there's a podcast called uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class. And they had a four-episode arc about the Cultural Revolution mm-hmm. that I think... Like, the Great Leap Forward, they did the whole thing. Yeah, 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 they did. They did the Great Leap Forward. The uh, I'm not going to remember the names of the four episodes, but that was one of them. Uh, like I, I'm hesitant to like to recommend doing homework before reading a book, <laughs> but if I was going to recommend this book, I would recommend listening to those podcasts or reading about the Chinese Cultural Revolution beforehand, just to give you some context for what's happening. And well, do the other three of us have history degrees? Do you have a history degree? I do. Yeah, and so did Barry. I do. Yeah, and, and so do I. Okay, so my accounting degree <laughs> did not help me at all. <laughs> I, never took a Chi- I never took a Chinese-Asian history class, though. You so. know, I didn't either. But still, just I think, though, that maybe I don't have like the really good Chinese background. I did take my Russian history class, which, by the way, is the most depressing class by a mile that I ever <laughs> took in college. So I at least had like a basic knowledge of, you know, of the communist revolution and things that happened, so... Yeah, and I th- I think this is one of the parts, you know, a good part to talk about how it's a obviously a translated book for the original language readers. This is modern history for them. They understand oh, yeah. Yeah. the Cultural Revolution, and we just don't get taught about it very often no. in America. Yeah. and so we just kind of get have to be brought up to speed. I mean, there was some crazy stuff that happened, and there are like you said, there's a lot of people still alive that have a a real deep um, intimate knowledge of this they watch family members die yeah but one thing that is funny though is looking back on this now is is the different uh outcome versus like in uh the soviet union whereas it does seem to me like the people maybe because china never fell they've accepted it more as opposed to it's not such a controversial thing within china they've morphed their communism into capitalism <laughs> true it's just state the run capitalism. state-run capitalism <laughs> one thing uh back to what chris was saying uh, he said the characters aren't interesting and now that i'm thinking about that i mostly agree except for one character ya winchy the female character who she's an interesting character i think and i think the middle part of the book where she is kind of coming to the decision to 
like betray the entire human race. I find her character fascinating. Not the guy she is dealing with, mm-hmm. none of that, but I really like how they characterized her in the book and how like all the tribulations she goes through, all the isolation th- she goes through. I mean, they even they kind of cover the whole arc of her life in the entire book without giving any spoilers. They give, should cover her from her childhood, seeing her father get killed, her middle-aged years, like working with the three-body project and contacting the aliens to the to her adulthood where she were to like being an old woman where mm-hmm. she is kind of leading a like some sort of like almost cult religious group oh, yeah. about this the aliens because like we might get into this more later but the aliens are coming in around four thousand years to earth hundred four hundred four hundred right. years to yeah four hundred yeah. four hundred yeah. years to earth so nobody alive at this time is going to see these people in theory but still, like, they're, imagine that, that aliens are coming to Earth in 400 years. You will not be there to see it, but it's a certainty that it's going to happen. Imagine how that would change our world. Yeah, and that's one thing, like, the, 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 the reason that they're doing their, you know, things and making the scientists feel like they're going crazy is because they're trying to stop the technology from advancing so that we might be able to stop the invasion. Because that's actually one thing... Um, that just some things that I've, I've looked into, not necessarily right now, but in the past, is that it's actually really hard to invade, in theory, another solar system. Because if you're another society that also has space technology, it's really easy to put uh, like defenses in place that, that are really hard to avoid if you're a spaceship because you're, like your trajectory... Is pretty. It's pretty hard to like, like. People aren't zooming, you know, zipping here and there. You're you basically you have propulsion and you thrust and you go somewhere and you're on that course unless you're willing to or to do whatever is necessary to be able to change your course. See, and I disagree. I've been watching a lot of Stargate recently, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that that has Soft told me science fiction. yeah, and that Soft has told me that fiction. it is very easy <laughs> to invade other planets yes. and and trajectories and all that. Especially kind of if thing. they already have a Stargate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's one reason, like, it, why they're why they're trying to screw with science is is because they don't want the humans to be able to stop the invasion yeah because over the course of their 400 year commute they're not advancing. Uh, they won't be adv- advancing whereas the humans uh on earth would be able to advance 400 years and, and i throw I mean, a fit about 45 minutes in a commute <laughs> yeah and and you see the the you don't um, get it to hydrate though. yes yeah it's true but but you see the progress that we make in kind of the the J curve of our technological mm-hmm. progression. Uh, so who you know we can't imagine where we'll be in four hundred years, and maybe we could just wreck them when they get here because they've just been dehydrated for yeah. four hundred. years. You're all looking at me like I know the answers to these types of <laughs> yeah. hypothetical We're, questions. We don't. We don't want. We don't want to know. We don't, yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> But, we do yeah. want to know, and we will find out. Maybe it was uh, our subconscious looking at you, like like we're thinking about the <laughs> like thinking about the next book we're going to be reading. Um, I'm I'm Joyce. I'm just going to face the wall and ignore all of you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we make predictions like uh, like we were talking about with yeah. with Barry reading yeah. Game of Thrones. Also, uh, never seen a single episode. You know, maybe I'll read the book. We'll do an episode on Game of Thrones, and I'll just make awful predictions that you know that. People who have seen the TV series. And also, uh, I'm just going to apologize to listeners who are no doubt hearing what I think is my child screaming. But there are multiple children here tonight. I brought my kids. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Hey, mine, and then mine stayed here as a result. I was going to send him off to mom, grandma, and grandpa daycare. But uh, anywho, uh, yeah, the. Uh, uh, he's really screaming there. I can see it on this because uh, this you mic see it is the, one, up? the only one that could pick that up. How, but many, how many kids are here? Three. We have three oh. kids under three, and yeah, then we have right a three-body problem. <laughs> <laughs> Pure <laughs> chaos. Very. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you set that one up. You sly son of a bitch. <laughs> you got to cut that. You can't swear in your show. Swearing on the show. I can't swear on the show. Yeah, I said masturbating a few episodes ago. Oh, yeah, yeah no one, no one turned me in, so we're uh, <laughs> we're okay. So let's go ahead and talk about. Um, 
like more of the recommendation and all that stuff. I know we have been talking about that a little bit anyways, but um, did you guys like the book? What did you think? I loved the book. I, I recommended it because I thought it was fantastic. I liked it. And I think I loved the book. I still, like, I'm pretty certain that this book just made me so depressed thinking about it. That, like, that was a tough thing for me. That's how this book makes you feel. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's how it makes me feel. But, yeah, so I, I really think that I that this is just an amazing book. But I do think, though, like, that, that talking about, you know, who you'd recommend it to is that there aren't a ton of people. I think you have to be, I mean, not to be an elitist here, but I think you have to be at least a little bit educated to, to really like the book. Mm-hmm. Or understand it, you know. I agree. I think you have to be educated. Now, you you can have no high school degree, degree, read all the physics books in the world, and really like this book. I don't make up the rules. Just you have to have an understanding of some of these things. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that you need to have yeah. gone to college, but you have to be the kind of person that a curious mind. A curious, I would say. curious. Mind. Yeah. yeah, I like that better. Yeah, that's that's a better, a, a way better phrase. Yeah, not necessarily educated, but a curious no. mind. You you have to you have to kind of want to at least attempt to understand it as you're reading it, or yeah, because I mean, like I said uh, multiple times now, I didn't understand the like the finer details of the physics, but at least I have enough of a understanding of what was going on that it wasn't completely over my head i don't have the finer details of it down because that's not what i'm you know like i'm not a math person or a physics person but i understood the three-body problem i understood what the issues that they were dealing with were you know and i think you need to have some of that or or at least be interested in it if you're if you just want a book that takes you from plot point to plot point this is probably not the book for you. No, probably not. This is a book where you're really going to enjoy it if you like thinking about new things. And it, it kind of opens your mind to a lot of new different thoughts, uh, new different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, it might take you a little bit out of your comfort zone in some of those places. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then it's not it's also something where the the plot is everything, the story is everything and the characters are far less important. I mean, I I was one a person who I liked the characters, although I didn't care much about Wong to be honest with you, the professor. And also whose wife? I don't care what society you live in. He just disappears for like days at a time. <laughs> weeks. He comes weeks at his wife, he comes back, his wife's making dinner and doesn't <laughs> say anything about the fact that he's been gone for days she's week. been cheating on him I, I guess <laughs> but i'm just saying like i don't really care what culture you're a part of like don't you think she would be and he has a six-year-old wasn't doesn't didn't they have a six-year-old i don't remember because again i didn't feel like the personal aspect of this book was very important well i, don't I guess i just kind of definitely not long he was I mean, he's a big. He, he's half of the book. He was intru- Yeah, he was in, introducing the plot points, but like he was just kind of a vessel through which the plot points fell. Yeah, yeah, and right. I'm not. I'm not saying that I yeah. didn't like it because of that. I just think right. that it was so secondary to the grander scheme of things. In, oh no, in the book yeah, no, you're that, right. That uh, character development was lacking, but wasn't necessary. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I thought, especially yeah. with Wong. Yeah, I thought yeah was the the only one that really like you really understood her motivations. I mean. And I think she she was a great arc. Yeah, I think it is really her story. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, yeah. Even though uh, Wong, Professor Wong, was the was he was. What do you think? You use 60%? him. I mean, he's basically used as a way to discover her story. Yeah. Yep. And I'm gonna, and and, we, and the way to have the and the way to develop the video game, the three body right. problem. Yeah. 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 How? Because awesome you have to have be? a player. It'd yes. be pretty sweet. It'd be pretty lit. Oh yeah, it game. would be amazing if you had the VR suit and. I mean, we're all might be not that far off. Having video that gamers type here. Of game going. Yeah, but it would be sweet though. But um, yeah. So on like that, who uh, like the like audience that I would recommend it to, like you said, someone that's curious, and if you don't already have the information. You probably would want to be willing to, you know, to be the kind of person that would look it up if you didn't know it. Right. For sure. 
Um, yeah, because if you're if you're looking at the audience of the four of us, we have individuals here that kind of knew the history going in. Um, I, I knew some of the physics, not very much, mm-hmm. but it, this book. I mean, Chris was talking about how afterwards he went and looked up the Cultural Revolution. Yeah, yeah, and learned. It does do uh, it. It does with the footnotes. Um, there's a little bit of explanation. Uh, and yeah, for me, it was enough to pique my curiosity and kind of like, wait, what did happen? And, and so I did go out and kind of find that history and, yeah. you know, not, not as, uh, in depth as maybe any of you with history degrees, but, you know, just to go out and get some of that information. When I did the same with some of the higher end physics, I mean, I, looking at some of this stuff I started to afterwards or during yeah. my listener mm-hmm. read, Google it and start doing a little bit of research. I want to know more about this. I want mm-hmm. to know more about that. Yeah. I didn't know this is a thing. Yeah. 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 In addition to that, I mean, I think we have a physics friend. I'm not going to name drop here, but yeah, I want to. I want to handcuff him and make him read <laughs> this book and have him tell me what it what it thinks about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was actually one thing I liked with the uh, the audiobook was, and it was cool learning like the history of the three body problem. And just looking that, I looked a lot of that up while I was listening to it. And uh, I was like, oh, I got to figure out some more of this. And just like the people that were involved. And uh, and yeah, it was a, it was cool, though. But like, like, you know, we keep talking about the physics here, but you don't have to be, uh, a, you know, like really good with physics to know it. You just have to have like basic uh, knowledge of mm-hmm. of kind of maybe more of the theories that are out there and things like mm-hmm. that, I think. I mean, it, I think it's accessible. I mean, it won the Hugo. It's, yes. it's accessible. Yeah. yeah. You, but, you know, if you're not interested in hard sci-fi, and, and there are people, yeah. when you say hard sci-fi, they're going to glaze over and walk away. Yeah. And if, if that's not something that has any interest for you, you're probably not going to enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. It brings up an important point, though. I've heard this from people. I don't know if you want to take the podcast in this direction or not. But, like, I've heard some people say, Star Wars ruined science fiction because it made science fiction all about like flashy flashy visuals rather than like pure story development which uh you know some of the famous ones like arthur c Clarke and you know isaac asimov and to a slightly lesser degree heinlein created well this is definitely a like a throwback to foundation and and asimov and yeah. yeah yeah what was the book that i did with you uh, that was um, the stars my destination, that's which is a solid book. Yeah, that's yeah. a really solid science fiction great. book, but it's not Boom. as hard science fiction. I don't think it's a little softer yeah. in, in its story. I thought maybe, but yeah, but, but would... really good though too. Of course, I gave it a five star review. So yeah, <laughs> you know though what's funny is is I've always can not considered myself a sci fi person, but I think. Uh, Except for uh, Revolt and Twenty One Hundred, every uh, sci-fi book that we've reviewed, whether it's you or Casey, I've given a five star to. That I actually do like science fiction. I just don't realize I like science fiction. <laughs> I'm more mm-hmm. of a. I think of myself as more of a pure fantasy person, you know. Well, it's not as mm-hmm. prolific, I think, right now. Yeah. Fantasy is definitely on the boom. Well, we're. I mean, I've said this. I say this all the time. This is my stupid phrase. We're in a golden age of fantasy. I mean, there are a ton of really amazing like fantasy authors out there and we're also with the the proliferation of ebooks we don't have to have the same formula every single time that the big five publishers follow because they know it sells i mean one of my favorite books of the year was um with md presley and he's a a completely self-published guy and i just thought it was an amazing book and in fact you know a bunch of my favorite books of the year we're self-published guys mm-hmm. that that are books that are totally different from anything that you, they're not Game of Thrones or or Robert Jordan even you know the the journey that people are gonna take and where the farm boy who realizes he's the chosen right. one you know I mean there's mm-hmm. just so many different things you can do now but the mm-hmm. science fiction though is the same way in terms of like it's just not as you know like you said it's just not the prolifer- proliferation anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, I guess. You know, we'd have to throw him, you know. He's kind of new, but you got to throw him at the, like, definitely the top of the science fiction authors today. You know, yeah. got to throw him. He's like our Yao Ming of science fiction <laughs> authors, I guess. You know, he's a pretty good center, i got to say. The LeBron James of China? 
Yeah, I guess he's like the LeBron James of China. You know, who's <laughs> LeBron James right now? I don't know. You got to give it to, I don't know, let's just give it to Asimov. Why not? You know, he's a little bit older, but you know, this analogy is going to break down at some point anyway. So, I mean, I think it might as well down break down right there with yeah. the whole timeline thing. So, I mean, if Asimov is anything, he's Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Maybe Arthur C. Clarke can be LeBron. He's, you know? he's a good LeBron. Who's Heinlein? Maybe, maybe uh, Asimov. Dennis Rodman? Yeah, Heinlein might be Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Good rebound. I, no, no, Heinlein yeah. might be. De- Heinlein's Larry Bird, you know. He's kind of like that farmer I, type I put guy. Asimov with uh, yeah. Bo Jackson. Because he did more than just like the science oh, fiction. Oh, he did other things. He also made you a Tecmo yeah. touchdown. Wasn't uh, <laughs> this was? It was either today or yesterday was Bo Jackson's 55th birthday. Holy they mentioned sense. that on NPR, and I was like, oh my God, I'm getting old. I mean,. Remember Tecmo mm-hmm. Super Bowl, 1989? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bo Jackson was unstoppable. Him or uh, Joe Montana. No, by that 89 Tecmo Super Bowl was Steve Young Yeah. to, you to uh, Jerry Rice. Oh. You can't say you're old when you hear, you're talking about somebody older than you, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm just I, saying tried, that- I tried that with a girl. You know, some girl was like, I'm 39. I was like, whoa, I'm getting old. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> she left in five seconds flat. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, the uh yeah. This guy though, hey uh he's uh Barack Obama's favorite author. Barack just, uh, Obama read him, so did was it Zuckerberg. Favorite author or just he recommended it. <laughs> Had good things to say about it. Zuckerberg read him too. Oh yeah, Zuckerberg uh This book, this series. Yeah. But no, uh Obama actually they were just talking this is another one of those I, I on NPR they were talking about the at the uh the Asia summit he was just at. He actually took time out to go um, to a convention that, that uh, this guy was at, and, t- and and of course, of course, when you're uh, Barack Obama, you got to go talk to him. Right. L- Louis Schwishen. Yeah, <laughs> I like how we haven't said the same yeah. way. <laughs> Sorry uh, to any if we have any yeah. uh, Chinese readers or listeners out mm. there, we don't anymore. Yeah, if there's <laughs> no, yeah, if there's anyone out there that can read Mandarin and. It, and help us phonetically with this. Yeah. So those of you who are in front of a keyboard, of it's C-I-X-I-N space L-I-U. If you want to Google that, you'll find the author. The Oh, just one thing I would like to say about the audiobook, though. Um, I've heard I've the guy that did the audiobook. I can't remember. I didn't write it down. But he, I have uh, heard him before. Like, he's yes. a big-time guy. Yes. And he was amazing. He did a great job, didn't he? Oh wow! I listened. I've li- this last week. I've listened to three audiobooks, and he is the only person of the guys that did a woman well. And uh, I listened to another one that was actually really good, but had the guy. Uh, the guy sounded just like Sterling Archer from uh, <laughs> H. John Benjamin. From yeah, from the, the the cartoon Archer. But anyways, and it was a it was a spy one, so it was really good. But his women's voices were just awful. And it was almost, and he tried to do a woman's British accent. Sounded like, <laughs> I don't know, it sounded more like she was Russian at some points. Uh, there was a time where I thought that he might have had like a S- Italian or Spanish accent. I don't know what it was, but never once sounded British. But his, the guys were really good. Anyways, uh, all right, let's go ahead and give our uh, star ratings. What do we think? I recommended it. I give it a five. Okay. Out of five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We should ask you. Since, yes. uh, <laughs> I'll give it a very solid 4.5 out of five. It's really good. You know, what it could have done to get to a perfect five is just there was a few, tr- I don't know, this is really quibbly. could have transitioned a little better at times. You know, I think, you know, maybe it jumped around more than it needed to. But, you know, that's just quibbly. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was an amazing book, and I'm really excited to read the other two books. And and I I feel after you you kind of gave a little of a colloquy there. I need to go. I gave it a five out of five, knowing that I've read two and three as well. Oh, yeah. I I consider this just the first third of one arc. It with the entirety. I yeah, and that's give fine. A solid five. I mean, I with my uh, Prince of Nothing series that the Prince of Thorns I didn't actually love on its own once I read it, but when I, the very first time I read those the whole I read the whole series at once and thought it was amazing. So I yeah. Was that the one can, with Yavi? What's that? Yavi? Was he the main character in that? Uh, Jorg. Jorg. Jorg or Jorg. Everyone calls it Jorg, but I actually heard Mark Lawrence say that he meant it to be Jorg with a Y. But yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and I think I'm giving it a five. 
Like, I think it just made me think so much that, like, I didn't. I mean, I'm not going to say that it that I enjoyed it. A t I mean, I enjoyed it a lot, but I'm just. I mean, it wasn't just a pure popcorn read that I was like, oh man, this is so cool and fun. Like. It just made me feel so much that I think that I'm going to give it a five because of that. So it's, it's not your MTV Movie Award winner. It's your Oscar contender. Yes. There you are. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. 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 This is, this is, I mean, it won the awards for a reason. Like it, it was just good. I'm going to give it a, a solid four, which, which for me is because I want to give it room to get to get uh, better as the uh, the whole thing uh -huh. um i just thought it as far as where it went it was a f like it's it's a first contact narrative that uh it didn't have the payoff that i think that it can have and you know i see eric over there nodding that it must so uh so luoji is coming <laughs> 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 so yeah that's uh I, I think that that's where i'm gonna go with that uh four with potential to be to be higher yeah i'm excited for you guys to finish the series out yeah. at some point when you when you finish it, i don't know if you'll do another book review or if we just are going to talk about it privately and i'm going to start getting texts and facebook messages <laughs> yeah. what <laughs> i'm really excited for it yeah see and and one thing that i, I kind of thought about as far as it being a first contact narrative is uh <laughs> contact by carl sagan didn't have a great payoff it's a great story but it the payoff just wasn't there and then he never he never did anything after that um and so that kind of that hurt that first contact story because the contact never really happened. Ne right. Yeah, it didn't it didn't really come to fruition. And so I'm I'm excited to find out how this one does. All right. Well, thank you everybody for making it out tonight. And uh, you know what? I think this actually went pretty well. I mean, we're gonna hear a yelling child in the background an awful lot. But aside from that. Mm -hmm. I was really expecting things just to be out of control tonight, but uh, thank you guys. Well, it's kind of good, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm happy with how this chaos turned out. Good. I'm just saying that, yeah. Oh, I did something for Barry. Oh, no. Oh, God, I didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the to set the scene when they first go into the video game, uh, it's kind of desolate because there's been oh, a no. chaotic era, so it's, you know, the world has been essentially melted scorched yeah scorched earth or scorched uh scorched trisolaris or whatever the the planet would be called so uh this reminded me of the song invader by judas priest nice yeah which i came across a smoking field pulsating afterglow i saw a searing flash of light erupt and skyward go i staggered back in day's surprise uh, what was it I had seen? And as I stared there mesmerized, I heard my spirit scream. And then uh, the chorus is, Invader, Invader nearby. Invader, Invader is nigh. Wow. So that, yeah. Invader. Well, I, that's, that's cool. Deep I, gave you, <laughs> yeah, I gave you a little a gallop. Deep, yeah. deep. <laughs> I gave you some gallop while <laughs> nice. you were... That's a deep, deep, deep cut, you know? <laughs> There's also the first song on uh, the, the Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden is also called Invaders. Oh, really? Yeah. They're talking Plural? about Vikings, of course. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that has been Hazen's Metal Corner. Yeah, that's right. There we, go. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> you want another one? There's a, there's a Cradle of Filth song that's called Scorched Earth Erotica. Oh, God. That's a pretty metal-sounding name, you know, if you're kind of a frustrated, horny teenager, I guess. You know, I, I imagine this 20 seconds is getting cut. Okay. <laughs> I think so, too. But hey, I just want to say, too, uh, <laughs> in terms of songs and uh, nostalgia back to college... Well, coming back from Sun Valley, riding in, uh, was it the Isuzu? Is that what you had? Oh, yeah. 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 I fell asleep, and Barry had... 36 Crazy Fists going, I think. No, no. I, that's... No, I know. I guarantee it. Maybe it wasn't then when you were asleep, but I had... No, it was I, Europe. I definitely what was had... the... The um, final countdown. The final countdown. Oh yeah, he throws yeah. it. He, he threw it on repeat, and <laughs> literally... I, I on his a... tape? Well, I think it was on a CD. Didn't you have a no, CD player? Barry's, yeah. Barry's never tape. had a CD player. But whatever it was, 
or however it worked, maybe it was just the amount of time I fell asleep on the way back. The, the song I listen to when I'm falling asleep is the final countdown, and the entire time I'm dreaming, I'm having, I'm dreaming that that's like the soundtrack. I wake up, the song is on again. Or I thought the whole time. But anyways, I had to make, that was my, ended up being my cell phone ringtone for the entire rest of college after that. <laughs> you burned it into his oh, brain. Oh, but wow. while we're talking about music, I... I totally went out and looked up a whole bunch of Chinese metal bands, <laughs> just thinking like, well, what's this scene like? And there were some rad ones. Like, there's a band called Fearless that I dug a lot. And you uh, actually listened to the music. Yeah. Oh, I went and I YouTubed them. Uh, a couple. <laughs> black Kirin is on Spotify. Uh, like the color black and then K I R I N. They were awesome. Hmm. Like they're like total like black metal. Huh. Wow. <laughs> Cosmos was good. Yaxa uh, was more of like the like the new metal metalcore. That's when you get like it five or six of the same number in a row, right? Entertaining. What's that? Yaxa. If you roll like five or six of the same number. <laughs> what money I would yeah. pay if I had the money, I would go to a concert right now to see these Chinese metal bands I've never heard because it has to be freaking crazy shows. Well, a lot of them have like uh, like the the whistles and flutes and oh, really? mandolins worked into the electric guitars. Traditional. It's pretty Actually, awesome. I, oh my goodness. I heard a Mongol awesome. uh, metal band one time. What was that thing Someone on Facebook? Put, like, that was free, right? Facebook? Yeah, wasn't that like a Mongol? Weren't they Mongols? Yeah, that was pretty cool. That yeah, was that cool. was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was cool. Trying to think of name. So of here, that. what do you guys think of my suggestions? Like Which, when when Eric recommends a book at oh, this yeah. point, based on it, you, you give it a yes. I give it yeah. a yes. Yeah. I, I and you're not say... a recommend whore, you know, either. Like my dad, who recommends every book that he reads. Well, I have no, another here's... really no, interesting. That's one, the only then. one you've recommended to yeah. me, and I thought it was amazing. So hey, if you want to start like doing these more, then I mean, you're I'm free. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have another recommendation. It's something. It's it's. You know, I've I've, start, I've read all the traditional fantasy stuff and all the the good stuff that's coming out now. So I've been doing a lot of more weird kind of things, and one of them is by an author called Kaya Shante, um, and I think he's American. But it's a fantasy book, and it it's a it's written from a black perspective, and so it's traditional fantasy setting, you know, swords and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But the characters, at least the black ones, speak in abonics. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, and based on how he writes, he has to be American, like urban American. Like he knows abonics way too well. <laughs> it's it it is really really huh. interesting. I'd I'd be willing to check. Yeah, that out. that'd it, be fun. It's cool. It's, and I have that on audiobook. That's worth a listen. Oh man! I'll <laughs> oh jeez! Um, that's cool. Yeah, we uh, but yeah, one of these days we have to get some Wheel of Time stuff down. The three of us. Barry, did you read Wheel of Time guy? I haven't. No. Never but yeah, but so the three of us, like e- way back even in college, I mean, we were the what was the Wheel of Time? We're still um, see, What we? was the the um, website? The wheel turns. Oh, or, uh, oh my gosh! They had the forums, and yeah. it was like big time back then. Oh god, I can't remember anymore now. But I mean, Dragon Mount. Dragon Mount. Yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. Oh man, I spent some time on Dragon With Mount. Lay Butler. Yeah. Pam, Corda. Pam. Yeah. Anyway. Alrighty then. Well, at this point, we are uh, like right about an hour now of mostly about the last twenty minutes have been nothing but babble. So. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I had a great time. Thank you guys for all making it out. And you know yeah. what? It, it took me a little while to get set up, but I think that uh, we, four people is not too much. It was kind of actually a good time. Yeah, it's a pretty good time. Right. Yeah. This is the final countdown to the show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the invite. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks for having us.